to the Space Show Show. Uh, I'm your host, Ensign Rebecca Frost, joined by Admiral Carrie Jackson, and we're talking more Star Trek. I hope you guys are ready. Mm, classic series. Classic original flavor. This episode, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the following episodes from season one, Return of the Archons, Space Seed, A Taste of Armageddon, This Side of Paradise, and The Devil in the Dark. This is a string of really... <laughs> cool episodes and some wackadoo ones. I kind of like them all. Yeah. Uh, to me, that to me, we're in a good run here in the first season. You yeah. Know? The last five that we did, and then these. Yeah. This first episode, the return of the Archon Archons, uh, yes. seeking the answer to a century-old mystery. Kirk and the crew encounter a vacantly peaceful society under a six-thousand-year autocratic rule that kills all those it can't absorb. This one, uh, <laughs> the the way I have titled this one is to help me remember which one it is. Um, it's the one where they go to the Purge Planet. <laughs> purge Planet. Uh, yeah, because they... Here, they... We, here, here we go. When you're not of the body. <laughs> <laughs> they get to this planet and um, a very peaceful... Uh, I had a lot of... I had a minor complaint about this episode, which oh, was of course. because they are reusing sets, of course, um, the costumes that they are wearing does not match the exterior of the buildings. Yeah, the, the building is, uh, again, it's that uh, back lot where they did, you know, the Andy Griffith show and all of that this stuff but but mm -hmm. the costumes are definitely what 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 era would you label so them? they've got like these these 1800 like late 1800 style clothing and the pavement that they are on <laughs> yeah paved streets but no cars yeah just regular sidewalks as we know them today mm -hmm. and attack the body <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason that just took me right out of it um i'm sorry <laughs> This episode also uh, talks a lot about the dangers of AI. Another timely, mm -hmm. these episodes are just all very timely. And uh, yeah, um, the, the arc, is it the Archons that are doing the, the absorbing? Well, let me, let me find out here. You have heard the word and disobeyed. You will be absorbed. <laughs> oh, the man's name is, they've said it, 80,000. Landru. You will be absorbed. They said it 80,000 times. Landru is gentle. <laughs> yeah, the whole purpose of this planet is be good or else. And he's absorbing people into this, like, positive way of living it's There's... it's 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 a it's a theme that will reoccur uh, throughout the show uh it's a, it and it the, the basically because science fiction at the time was uh it, it was kill your gods is is basically mm -hmm. at the time there i go yeah again. yeah yeah it's, it's kill your gods and and so they come to a planet and there's this god and you know you know say what you will they seem okay with it. I I would have a problem with it right away, especially when when the red hour is approaching, <laughs> and, and the festival, which purge night, does, purge night, and <laughs> they're all talking about the yeah. festival. And Kirk's like, "Oh, we're good. We're gonna we're gonna pass." And the one guy's like, "You're gonna you're gonna skip purge night." <laughs> right. You're, I thought that's why you were here was for the festival. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah, I and then it, 
you know, it turns out it's a computer and the computer can't handle like any conflict or objectivity. It's just not part of like the process. Yeah. Again, I'm a woman. I didn't quite get it. Well, it's <laughs> it's like any, you know, religion, really. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. you follow the rules or or be cast out. Well, and a really some really good um some stuff where you know they go to destroy the 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 big gods you know and the people one of the guys is like oh actually never mind i don't want this i like i'm good this is fine Mm -hmm. and that's a very human and normal reaction i think we're like oh no you know what honestly things are good and we shouldn't we don't have to mess with that that's okay and kirk's like no y'all it's very much a human emotion fearing change yeah But uh, let's talk about the festival for a minute, shall we? Um, I couldn't quite tell what the purpose of the festival was other than to, I don't know, was there, you know, you're destroying the the place you live. Yeah. And and apparently it goes from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. If I understood that correctly. Because... The, I'm just going to go by purge rules, right? Because okay. like society um, does great, right? But we're animals and mm-hmm. we've got violent tendencies. And so we just need like one day, one night to get all of that out of our system, to get all of our jimmies out. And then they're like, okay, now back to normal. But this here's the thing is that the people know what the purge is or the, the you know, the festival is. Mm-hmm. But that guy sent his daughter out into it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and she comes back, you know, she's probably been assaulted, you know, I mean, and it's just like, yeah. well, I'm sorry, that's just the festival, you know, that's, you'll have to. That's, that's just, just the, way the it festival. Is. Oh, you know, God, and, gross. And me standing in Kirk's shoes, I'm like, yeah, this, this, this has got to go. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't care if it is your God. This is bad. Yeah. yeah. This, this episode, uh, it was not one of my favorites um like we mentioned in the last episode ben stiller named his production company red hour after this episode mm-hmm. and another fun piece of trivia i found all of the regulars on the show were quitting smoking at the same time so many chewed gum <laughs> instead director joseph pevney was becoming increasingly upset because he had to cut to remind the cast not to chew gum during the shoots as a prank for a large scene, William Shatner went around handing out bubble gum to the cast, crew, and around 60 to 80 extras and had everyone blow a bubble right after the director hollered action. Sid Haig <laughs> reported the director almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> you I, attack the body. <laughs> I would have died. I would have. Whew. I can handle yeah. a good prank, but if I was stressed about making a Star Trek show and everybody did this at once, I would <laughs> do a purge. Do my own purge. <laughs> but this is, like I said, this is a theme that will reoccur in, in episodes down the road. Um. Yeah. This. I don't want to talk about this episode anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to talk about Space Seed, another Cornerstone episode. Oh, please. While, while on patrol in deep space, Captain Kirk and his crew find and revive a genetically engineered world conqueror and his compatriots from Earth's 20th century. Now, um... Learned a lot from this episode about uh, the eugenics wars of the 90s. I mm-hmm. don't remember anything about those wars, but again, I was very young. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, 
I knew Khan. This is also the episode that introduces Khan. Mm-hmm. Ricardo Montalban. I love him. Yes. <laughs> He's now, great. In this. Now, I hope you paid attention to all the eugenics war stuff because that's coming back in Strange New Worlds with our character who is Una. related to Khan somehow. Or in law. Uh, yeah. Carrie, I'm telling you, today's Strange New Worlds. I know we're, bank- okay. we're banking these episodes, so I'm talking about episode two of season two of Strange New Worlds a lot. But I learned so much within the last couple of days mm-hmm. about the eugenics wars in Khan. There's a series of books, like three of them, I think, that were written that take place just before the eugenics wars, during the eugenics wars, and then the time that Khan, you know, because they drop him off on the planet at the end. Then there's a book that is just... Huge mistake, by the way. (laughs) Then then there's a book that's just him on the planet that leads up to the beginning of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. (sighs) This episode, it brings me a lot of joy. Have you seen Wrath of Khan? You've seen Wrath no, of Khan, right? No, 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 no. Oh, now you got it. Well, I'm, I, yeah, I know it's on the list. Um, uh, Spock has a line, Spock and Kirk have an interaction at the beginning of this episode where Spock says, like, why does it make you happy to prove me wrong? And mm-hmm. Kirk says, it's an emotional earth weakness, I guess, which I love that level of self-realization that's very smart <laughs> and emotionally intelligent. Um, mm mm-hmm. Now, this is a this is a fine episode, I think. It's so good. The you know, the introduction of the eugenics wars that took place during the nineties, the last of your mm-hmm. world wars. Fascinating. Um so they get on this ship and wake up the leader, Khan, and mm-hmm. um bring him back to the Enterprise and McCoy is doing an evaluation on him. And Khan wakes up and uh grabs a knife or something, I don't something sharp. And holds it up to, uh, he grabs McCoy by the neck and also holds the, the knife up to his neck. And McCoy, again, waiting for the sweet release of death, <laughs> says, well, either choke me or slit my throat. Make up your mind. <laughs> it's just solidified for me. Like, Kirk um, has an absolute death wish. Um, mm-hmm. And not only, or McCoy has an absolute death wish. And not only that, but he's telling him specifically where to cut him. If he so chooses to. Um, That's McCoy's way of saying, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of you, man. I'm not afraid. Um, you know, Khan woos one of the ensigns on, or somebody on the ship, a woman with his well, she, incredible yeah, good she's, looks. She's a historian. And so, you know, she's brought in because uh, this is the kind of guy that she studied, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and so naturally she's going to fall in love with him. Well, it's because it's young Montalban. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. Who gets so many <laughs> amazing costume changes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Khan is uh, dead set on t- what. Uh, taken over the universe. He, he wakes up the rest of his crew that's on this ship and says, we just wanted a planet, but now how do you guys feel about a whole fucking universe? And a universe to conquer. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, love the big combat during this episode because they are using that set. Kirk is pushing <laughs> off of it, jumping up yep. on it, pushing each the- other against it. It's a very fun wrestling episode. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's it's a fun episode, and it and it's it you know as you watch it, you go, oh boy, the the, the people who made Wrath of Khan, they're like, yeah, this is this is what we do. We need a we need a good bad guy. This is the guy. Let's get him back. 
and let's let him chew the scenery with Shatner, you know, yeah. because that's what they're both doing is just, mm-hmm. ah, you know, they're trying to out ah, each other. Yeah. And, you know, just such a, a, a fine little episode that you thought was, that was it, you know. And, and he manages to conquer Khan at the end and they drop him off on the planet. And you think, that's it. And he even says mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, it'll be fascinating, uh, Spock, to come back and a few years to see what kind of world has been built, you know. I uh so I know what happens in Wrath of Khan. Um mm-hmm. I made a f- I made a little um you know the always sunny in Philadelphia title card that drops mm-hmm. after their cold open. Um I, I took that line. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the space seat and then cut to that title card Khan kills Spock. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops, spoiler alert. Um and I also really like that they're like, hey, McGivers, do you just want to go with this guy? And she's like, yes, please. Yes, he's hot. <laughs> you can either face a court martial or you can go with these eugenics lovers. And she's like, I'll yeah. go with the eugenics lovers, please. Because she did wind up helping them. Um, yeah. The the little, you know, the, the annoying fan, he has a problem with uh, Wrath of Khan and this episode because, as you can clearly see, Chekhov is not in this episode. <sighs> but at the beginning of Wrath of Khan... Khan knows who Chekhov is by name. Ooh. And I'm like, shut up. Just get over it. it. You know, they're putting Come bugs on. in their ears. Come on. It's, you know. Yeah. Get over it. Um, a couple of bits of trivia for this episode. The automated signal that the SS Botany Bay sends, CQ, is an actual Morse code shorthand for seek you or please answer anyone that can hear this. And, uh. Ooh. Also, the main cast were enthusiastic about working with Ricardo Montalban. DeForest Kelly later said, I enjoyed working with Ricardo the best. I was privileged he was a marvelous actor. There's the signal. Anyway. Our next episode, A Taste of Armageddon. Kirk and Spock must save their ship's crew when they are declared all killed in action in a bizarre computer-simulated war where actual deaths must nevertheless occur. I super hated this episode, the Ender's Game <laughs> episode of it all. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, these two societies are fighting this war virtually over computers. And uh, so they'll get a hit and they'll be like, oh, this section was hit on all of the people in that area. Go to like suicide booths and kill themselves. <laughs> Well, it's uh, very efficient because you don't have, you know, the, the, the destruction, the disease, all of the bad things of war. Yeah, you're losing people, but, you know, um, they just, they go right into the booths and get disintegrated and everything's fine, you know? And the people are just okay with it. <laughs> well, they've done it for 500 years. They don't know anything different. That's insane to me. And so exactly. the, <laughs> the whole, you know, the whole, it's insane to the crew too. So the whole purpose of this episode is stop this and they mm-hmm. destroy all the suicide booths <laughs> yeah now once again it's it's violation of the uh, prime directive yeah you know, I yeah mean, how many times in these past episodes have we seen this I, return of the archons yeah. is one you know yeah i i did have a moment is, yeah. i had a moment of should they be interfering with this or or is this oh yeah yeah <laughs> one of my notes is what a woke war because <laughs> it's not even in person <laughs> woke war the woke war episode i like that um 
In this episode, James Doohan described Gene Lyons, who played the ambassador, Robert Fox, as um, being out of his element and completely discombobulated during filming. He added that it took Lyons many takes to get his lines right and that they finally went to having him speak off screen. And it is speculated that since Lyons was an experienced actor, he was probably thrown off by the science fiction element of it all, mm-hmm. as this type of show is extremely rare. So... Well, but a good actor would be able to figure it out. Figure it out. I, I mean, I keep hearing complaints about you know actors who say I don't like working with a green screen. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I need to be reacting with somebody. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, no, a good actor doesn't need another actor. You ever hear of a one man show? He yeah. doesn't have anybody that he's uh, reacting to. And have you ever seen a black box a black box theater production? Mm-hmm. There's no sets or anything. Yeah. So don't give me this. I can't act to a green screen thing. If you're a true mm-hmm. actor, you can. And a true actor can take the sci-fi elements, remove them from his head, and relate it to, oh, this is a, uh, an analogy for the Vietnam War. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, um, uh, that's another element to this episode. Um, the computer tallies of the war dead, uh, of war dead in this episode was a statement about Vietnam War deaths that began to be registered on nightly news class in 19, mm-hmm. newscasts in 1967. So uh, interesting way to make a statement about the Vietnam War. Because the, the, the boys would be sent off to somewhere, and then they were gone. Yeah. It, there was no mess on our end. There was no cleanup on our end. Uh, but our people were gone, you know. Mm-hmm. So you'd think a good actor would be able to figure that out and put it in that mind frame. But mm, but I guess not. Uh, yeah. yeah, this episode, I don't know. I didn't have much to, to think about it because... Destroy the suicide booths and maybe... And I, I do like that it ends way worse than it started where they're like you have real war now figure it out and (laughs) and that is the thing that causes both societies to be like okay we're in negotiations to end all this and we're going to be good now which is how it should be i mean you know we we should all realize the horrors of war and realize that we don't want to go through that yeah and figure it out you know no more enders game video game wars The uh, next episode, This Side of Paradise, the Enterprise investigates a planet whose colonists should be dead but are not. Uh, I call this episode the Little House on the Prairie episode. (laughs) I call it Saucy Spock episode. Saucy Spock. Let's talk about it. I love this for Leonard D-Boy. I love that they have given him a chance to be like emotive and Mm -hmm. more human than what he's been doing. Um, I am also personally a big F. Scott Fitzgerald fan, so I love uh, the reference to his first book in this title. Oh, there you go. They have nothing in common, but... (laughs) um, They'll do that with Star Trek. They'll pull a Shakespeare line and put it, you know. Uh, This one is, uh, there's there's a colony of uh, farmers uh, who haven't been checked on in a while. Uh, We need to get them out of there because there's this strange radiation on the planet that will kill them. Well, it's yeah. also presumed that they are dead because they yeah. haven't been getting any readings, nothing from this space, from this mission that was sent out, like, what, four years ago? Yeah. And so they're, they go to investigate and find them all on this cute little farm, and they're just growing their little plants where on this planet where anything can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the one woman that we talk to is always lit so ethereally and Vaseline yes. on the lens. Mm-hmm. And um, Spock 
has to be like, man, humans are so weird sometimes <laughs> because of the way that they're acting. And then she takes him to the the big villain of this episode, which are the spores, the spore plants. Mm -hmm. And Spock gets spored and gets... I thought it was gross because this is not the Spock I know. <laughs> like The Spock I know is not this lovey-dovey. And well, it, it, the spores spread throughout his body, and what they do is they protect him from the radiation, but they also make him kind of a, you know, like he's high. Yeah, again, and, it's, and the, it's another that's one what, of those well, scenarios where, like, would you really want to change? Kind of like the taste of or the, the Return of the Archons where, like, is it so bad, though? <laughs> well, what happened, it, it, the spores tap into his human half. And yeah. that's, you know, the, the, the Vulcan half completely suppressed. Tap into the human half, human half takes over. And he even says, I can love you. Yeah. You know, I, I, can, I can feel, I can do these things. And he's just like, he's actually kind of excited. And, which, is not, uh, which is not the original series Spock that we have had so far. No. But it's the, but it's the original series, it's the, it's the Spock that we have in the J.J. Abrams universe, in the Kelvin universe. Yeah. He's he's constantly at war with his you know human and Vulcan side and and he realizes that yeah he's both and and he he's allowed to have both and so he's able to have a relationship with Uhura, uh, you know. Anyway. Well, and um, this woman on this planet, um, they know each other from school, I think. And from, from the academy or something yeah. like that. And she was like, oh, I just want, I wanted, I wanted you then, but you have no heart. And she's got, she's got these like Shakespearean lines. And Spock, again, I, I'm sure is like, why are you humans so weird about this? <laughs> um, I love this for Leonard Nimoy, though. I really, really like that they gave him something to do where he can be flippant and sassy and emotional. Like, that was very fun and disturbing to see. Mm -hmm. I I love the exchange, uh, you know, with uh, Kirk is trying to reach him on the communicator. And they're just, you know, they're, they're laughing and playing Necking. and kissing and all that <laughs> stuff, you know. And... Uh, he fought, you know, he says, oh, trace the communicator. Well, we'll find out where he is. And so they trace the communicator and they walk up there and there's Spock hanging from a tree. Yeah, like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, Spock, uh, oh, hello, Jim. You know, just how you doing? You know, he says, why do you chance the communicator? I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like what is happening and this the spores also the spores get to everybody um i can't they kirk somehow manages to avoid it for the majority of the time mm -hmm. um everybody on the ship beams down to live there yeah and, and uh get spored. we get a uh, southern mccoy who oh, extremely uh, southern mccoy i'm gonna make a mint julep oh <laughs> His accent comes out of nowhere. Kirk is on the ship when everybody starts beaming down, and Kirk is like, "This is a mutiny." And the guy says, "Yep," and yeah, just so. <laughs> goes about his business. Um, <laughs> there's also a moment where Kirk is sitting on the bridge, and one of the plants sneaks up from out of frame and gets him. <laughs> <laughs> but and, we and then and then he goes, "I I, I understand. I, I get, get it, it now." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he calls Spock and he goes, I, I've joined you. I, I understand. I, uh, I got to get some stuff and I'll beam down. And then and his, we figure out, yeah, the way to, to get over this is extreme anger. 
Well, he he's walking around. He packs up his medals, you know, and all this stuff. And he's ha- he's being kind of nostalgic. And then he realizes, no, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's when he gets angry and realizes the spores are gone. Oh, so now I've got to pick a fight with everybody on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so he beam. So he he gets Spock to beam up, and he's yeah. like, "You're a computer man." And Spock's like, <laughs> "I'm not. Stop it!" And he's like, "You computer man. You big." computer man like that's like the only insult he can hurl at him and spock was like oh, stop yeah. calling me a computer <laughs> oh, he he really gets personal into his whole calls him half breed yeah yeah and he goes uh, oh, that may be accurate but uh, i'm not going to sit here and listen to this and then he says you're a you're a computer you're a freak you mm. belong in a circus sideshow right next to the dog face boy and then he insults he says how could she love you a freak <sighs> like you yeah. And that's what sets him off. And, well, and, and, and his, Kirk is his... Kirk is hesitant to do this too because they establish in this episode Vul- Vulcans are strong. Yes, Vulcans are stronger than humans. And he says he's, he's liable to kill me. <laughs> and then Spock figures out once the spores are gone, he goes, Oh, you did this on purpose. And I love oh. that Kirk was like, it, it, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. This hurt in more ways than one. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And so then, now that Spock's figured it out, he puts back on his uniform instead of the green, you know, jumpsuit that he got at the. They've know, the all got these matching green <laughs> jumpsuits. His IFA work, work working on the suit. farm outfit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they they realize that they have to find a way to irritate the people on the planet so that they all get angry. And how do you do that? Well, of course, you know. It's a show. Uh, <laughs> the, the frequency they they send out a frequency that's irritating, and mm-hmm. it'll it'll you know, and so then you see everybody on <laughs> on the planet fighting. I just love that because then then McCoy, the real McCoy, comes back, and he's I hate everything. You know, he was one of the first. Yeah. And, and that's the other oh. thing about this episode too is this this the spores heal you. They heal you mm-hmm. in such a way that like. Um, People don't have health issues anymore. Long, long ago, health issues and removals. Like he, mm-hmm. McCoy, had his tonsils removed, and they were miraculously back. And a benefit to the spores, but having come out of whatever trance that puts you in, is you get to keep your healthy body. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it'll start to age once you leave the planet. But yeah, but you know, hey, you got tonsils again. You got tonsils again. You're all that liver damage from all the all that booze, McCoy. It's all taken care of. That's why he's able to live so long. And Spock ends this episode with a line that is so brutal by human standards, but by Vulcan standards makes sense. He says, it was the first time I ever felt happy. And as a human, brutal, absolutely Mm -hmm. devastating. But looking at it from the perspective of a Vulcan who has no emotions, like, wow, how interesting. Um, It it was fascinating. I was happy. (laughs) I like. I also like that. The, I can't remember which episode it is established in, but Spock has levels of um, if something is interesting versus f- fascinating. Like something is fascinating <laughs> if it's like something new and wild uh-huh. and he's never experienced it before. But something is interesting if it's like mildly interesting. I wouldn't say fascinating. Yeah. I would say interesting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this little house on the prairie episode. Uh, 
I had I no, thought you'd I had no like fun. it. It was fine. It was, I thought you'd like it because uh, sassy Spock. But I do yeah. like a sassy Spock, but I also was so put off by emotional lovey-dovey Spock that I was like, ew, ew, eh. Uh, which takes us to episode 25 the devil in the dark the enterprise is sent to a mining colony that is being terrorized by a mysterious monster only to find the situation is not that simple uh this one is the horror movie episode yes which starts out very much like a horror movie and i love to see it there's a monster down there you know and this is another extremely timely episode because they are running out of oxygen, <laughs> much like oh. much like the Titan was presumed to be. <laughs> this is um, the problem that people have with this episode is that if you can just get past the bad monster costume, which is a, you know a, it's it's a cheese pizza carpet. Oh uh, yeah. That, that they throw over a person and uh, you know, that person has to crawl around on the ground and everything. If you can get past that, don't think about the fact that it's a guy under a carpet. Yeah. Um, it's a good episode. If you don't think about it, if you're, if you're focused on that, you're not going to enjoy the episode because it's got some great twists and turns and some, you know, the, this whole episode was written specifically around this costume. Janos Prohaska, the creator of the Horta costume, actually wore it into Gene L. Kuhn's office as if to say, look what I designed. Kuhn said, that's great. What is it? And he <laughs> said, I don't know. It can be whatever you want. And Kuhn said, I will write a script around it. And he wrote this episode in four days so that the costume could be used. Wow. Crazy. I didn't, Absolute crazy I didn't stuff. know that. That's great. <laughs> well, now you know. Uh <laughs> Uh, this uh, is also the real moral of this episode is we were the monsters the whole time. <laughs> um, I can't remember the exact situation that they're in, but they're running out of oxygen. So they can either die by asphyxiation or they can die by radiation poisoning. And so Scotty mm -hmm. is working on fixing this. And Kirk says this line that I just absolutely love. Scotty, ride herd on it. Kind words, tender, loving care. Kiss it, baby it, flatter it if you have to, but keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they this is when they realized that the, the, the creature is intelligent because it sabotaged exactly the thing that they needed to make to stop the radiation from the leaking. Mm -hmm. It knew exactly what to do and they figure that out. But then later, of course, they communicate with it where they shoot it. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. They shoot it with a phaser, <laughs> do some damage to it. And then they, they scan the part that they have and they figure out that it's mostly uh, silicon. It's mostly, yeah. uh, you know, uh, this, uh, you know, if anything, the Band-Aid would be, you know, like cement or something is how we do it. And that's when he says, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. But, uh, <laughs> but that's when the creature communicates where he says, or he writes into the rock with his heat finger. That no kill see. eye. No kill eye, which uh, well, there's a ska band that took their name. No oh. kill eye, and they use that as their name. Oh, I kind of um, love that. But this is anyway. also after um, Spock has mind melded with it to figure out what the deal is, and we learn that these balls that they are like collecting and destroying are its children, its babies, and the horde's eggs. Yes, it's mad, and so of course it's going to go on a a revenge spree. It's like every thousand years or something like that, the entire species dies out except for one. And it, it, it is in charge of laying all the eggs to create a new race 
of of these creatures and that's why it's been killing the miners miners are down there trying to you know get all the valuable stuff out of the ground it's killing the miners because the miners were just destroying her eggs and just so, willy-nilly you know, yeah yeah, we this yeah we were the monsters the whole time. Um, my no, my notes specifically are ew, what the f is that? And then making me feel bad for this thing. Uh, what <laughs> what's a horda you? <laughs> and oh, this is we were the monsters the whole time. Um, yes. So Spock mind melds with this monster three times, and afterwards, when all of this, when the whole story is wrapped up, uh, Spock mentions that the Horda was really fascinated by his ears and Kirk is like, did it have anything to say about me? And Spock's like, <laughs> no. And Kirk is like, but hurt that the monster didn't find him attractive. I would have had sex with a Horda. I would have <laughs> populated their species. <laughs> if only it found me attractive, but whatever. <laughs> and But the, uh, the, the Horda, it, it goes through stone like we walk through air. It just, you know, it, so tunnels, it makes tunnels. Tunnels, that's, tunnels, And that's why at the end when the when the ha eggs hatch, it says the little devils are just, uh, you know, digging all kinds and we're finding all kinds of different, you know, you know, uranium and all kinds of valuable minerals. And we're finding it a lot faster thanks to their help. So everybody's happy. Yeah, I I. That's again. I know I mentioned it previously, but that's what I love about Star Trek is all the episodes have a happy ending. Like we got we we got this figure. <laughs> Everyone's gonna walk away happy from this. Yeah. Um, Kirk. I don't remember the exact line, but Kirk says something to Spock along the lines of, "You're turning more and more human every day," and Spock goes, "How dare you insult me in Captain, such a I way?" Captain, I see no, I see no reason to stand here and be insulted. <laughs> I'll um, just go back to work. This episode also uh, has a kind of a sweet note to it. Uh, William Shatner identified this as his favorite episode because his father died during filming and Leonard Nimoy's delivery of the mind meld lines made him laugh. He thought it was exciting, thought-provoking, and intelligent. It contained all the ingredients that made up our very best Star Treks. Well, and, and Nimoy's performances, he's channeling Shatner with the mind meld. He certainly Pain! Pain! Murder! Um, murderers! <laughs> yeah, he does a very good job. He does a very good job. Um, well, that does it for this episode of The Space Show Show. Thank you, Carrie, for joining me once again. Uh, Happy to. Next week, we're going to be discussing episodes 26 through 29, and we'll keep going where no man's gone before, but a lot of people have gone before. Uh, okay, thanks, bye. Live long and prosper and stuff. You did it. You did it. <laughs>